You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Ashley Winch from Kansas City, Missouri. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Wednesday, November 15th, episode 3307. Good morning, Horse World. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, as you heard, Jamie is actually not here. She is heading to New York for the premiere of Monty's and the Queen's movie. And I see some of, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, some of our auditors and listeners are going for the premiere. I did. I saw in the auditor room, there's some talk about trains, planes, and automobiles. And I just wish I was closer so I could bust out a gown and be on the red carpet with you guys. It does sound like fun, and it sounds like a great film, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, I don't know when it's exactly going to be released so that we can watch it, but as soon as we do, we'll obviously let you know. And Jamie will be back on Monday to tell us all about her adventures in the big city. And, you know, she is that girl, so it should be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Today on the show, we have Ann Hawkins, who's going to tell us about Live EQ. It's a new app out there. And Dr. Christy Grand tells us the story of Marvin and his battle with West Nile virus. Uh, Spoiler alert, he's still with us. Plus, Ashley shares her crescent roll baked brie recipe. I can't wait to hear that one. It sounds good. It's good. And let me tell you guys, it's easy. Bread and cheese, what could you. go wrong? Yeah, bread, cheese, jam, all you need is some wine, honey. We're good. <laughs> and then in the post show, we get a second recipe, because it is that time of year, and Auditor Terry's going to tell us about her bourbon sweet potato recipe. Ooh. I'm not great on sweet potatoes, so maybe adding some bourbon I'd be in. So Really? We'll, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, Jennifer Ooh. loves sweet potatoes. I've never been a sweet potato person. I love regular <laughs> potatoes. Just don't mess with them. Don't add them. <laughs> <laughs> I like sweet potato pie, which is weird, you know. Probably because it's sweet. You yeah, like anything just that's sweet. Yeah, just tastes like pumpkin pie, basically. Yeah. It's the same, <laughs> same, re- same recipe, basically. Uh, so I wanted to mention to everybody, this is Wednesday, and this is the final day to get your voicemail entries in for Radiothon. Ashley is my MC co-host this year for Radiothon. And it's your last day. You get three entries into the over $4,000 of prizes we're going to draw for that day. Uh, if you send in a voicemail, it doesn't have to be a song or a poem. It can just be, you can be wishing your friends at the barn a Merry Christmas. You can be wishing us a Merry Christmas. You can say how much you love the shows. I, it doesn't matter. You know, just uh, just put a voicemail in there and you'll get three entries for the prizes that we will draw on the 26th. And don't forget to watch live. That's, that's the most important thing. Uh, watch live on the 26th from 3 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right there on our Horse Radio Network Facebook page or in the Auditor Room Facebook page. Plus, uh, you can register to win prizes. You don't have to send a voicemail. Just go to horseradionetwork.com slash radiothon, and you can just register to win prizes just by signing up. There's a form right there that is linked to, so you can check that out. Also, we have a guest, a bunch of guests coming on. We haven't talked about this yet, so I'll give you a quick update on where we are on guests. 
guests. Uh, so the first hour, I'm happy to report, and we just got confirmation of this yesterday, that we have uh, we have a very special guest. Warwick Schiller and his wife are coming on. That's uh, so exciting. Uh, yeah, of course, he grew up, you know, he was born in Australia and stuff. So we're going to get the, his memories of time, of his time, you know, in, in Australia and uh, here in the United States and what, what their traditions are for the holidays. Also, we have our first horse coming on, Magic. The Mini is going to join us in the first hour because our our, our charity of choice this year is uh, is the Minis of Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses, and Magic's going to join us for that. We have Tom and Claire Mansman are joining us in the Retired Racehorse Hour. Uh, holiday trivia, we have comedian Pam Stone. You know her from Coach. She's going to be on the show, and she's going to be competing against our very own Dr. Madison Siemens, Dr. Siemens. So that should be fun, those two comedians going at each other. And then we we also have Reese is going to be, Reese Koffler-Stanfield, the Dressage Show, and Debbie Laux of Horsemanship Radio are going to be joining us in the last hour, along with Lisa Waisaki. It's kind of a party hour, and we'll have more guests announced here shortly. So a lot going on. We have a lot planned for you that day, in addition to some of you are going to be some lucky winners. Let's do some Daily Winnies. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> we have four auditor birthdays today. Natalie, Samiko, Christine, and Kayla. Happy birthday to all of you. We hope you have a fantastic day. We also want to welcome brand new auditor Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth, for supporting uh, for supporting the host and for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. My Daily Winnie is going to go out to everyone who has submitted anything for Radiothon. We've gotten a blitz of submissions uh, as of this morning, and I love to see that you guys are just as uh, much of a procrastinator as I am. <laughs> I, I knew we were friends from the start, so I just want you guys to know I love seeing it and how much I've I've loved hearing these songs. Now, Glenn hasn't shared all of them with me. He's been really uh, gate guarding all your talent, but the ones that he sends me sneak previews of, you guys, I get teary eyed goosebumps. You, you are all just so darn talented, and I just you got get excited, guys. This is going to be a real party for Radiothon, and of course, uh, Ashley's going to be emceeing with me. And so, has this been? There's a lot of planning goes into this, isn't there? Oh. <laughs> Ashley's been helping me the most of it, so she's gotten her first taste of what it's like to put a six-hour live event, especially on video. It just adds complexity to it. I mean, we have spreadsheets for our spreadsheets. Yes, <laughs> that's basically <laughs> true. Speaking of shows, though, how is Sleep Stories for Equestrians going? Oh, my gosh. Sleep Stories, it is such a fun project, and we're we're consistently getting new listeners and for you guys who know me, uh, you know, I'm a military spouse and my husband is in the Air Force. He's actually away TDY for training for the next, I think, four weeks. And he called me uh, this morning and told me he was having such a hard time going to sleep that he even listened oh, last night. Oh, that's great. I love that. And and so I just thank you for so everyone. At least we know he doesn't find your voice irritating after all these years of marriage. That's good. At least you know it could be that he's been gone a week and he just was <laughs> missing it. the the sweet <laughs> melodic tone of his love's voice. <laughs> it's going great. Did he fall and, asleep? Uh, 
He did. Oh, That's what, my first good. question. I said, please tell me it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you have how many episodes out now? I We just dropped our ninth episode on the 10th. And don't worry, guys. I know we all get stressed out around the holidays. So uh, we will be releasing the next episode on the 25th that will hopefully, you know, help bring you down and, after some Thanksgiving clowning. And, and which book are you reading this time? Oh, this is, I'm still going through Misty and uh, Stormy of Shinkatig. Um, we're still, I don't want to like spoiler alert you, but we're still waiting to meet Stormy. It's very exciting. And it's how many chapters exciting. are in that book? Do you know? I do not know. We read two, we, we read two chapters each episode and it's, it's just, I really enjoy getting to reread all these stories, you know, as an adult to just jump back into Marguerite Henry's incredible stories that she weaves has been such a joy for me. And I know our listeners have really enjoyed that too, that they've said, you know, I just want to listen to the story. I fall asleep. So I re-listen to it. So thanks to you guys too, for uh, helping a girl out with her numbers. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can listen to it and not fall asleep. That's allowed, but, uh, mm -hmm. but we, we do encourage you. It is meant for sleepy time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you have another brand new show out so tell everybody about that this just released actually it's just yes. out now yes so everybody uh, head to your favorite uh, podcast player our new show is the show jumping podcast very easy to remember and search and i'm joined by my co-host christy mccormack who is so incredibly talented and non knowledgeable. She is a clinician. She is a uh, USHJA uh, champion. She has years and years and years of experience. She is so knowledgeable. It's just incredible. Wasn't, wasn't um, she also um, um, Metal McClay? Yes, yeah. she was. I mean, just she's really walk the walk and talk the talk. And so what you guys can expect out of every episode, and I think what I'm most excited for is that we do a tangible training tip. In our first episode that was released this past Friday, uh, we did a pacing exercise and it's explained so well that you could even like you can pause, get on your horse and do the exercise. So it's just, it's really exciting to uh, be using podcasting in a, in a way that can be applied to real life. Uh, I think that's really exciting. And then our other two segments are an interview, of course, with someone in the hunter jumper world. Uh, our first interview was Christy's sister, Kimmy, who's also a McClay champion. And we talked about how to define sec success in and out of the ring. And that was just so inspiring. I thought and that then was fascinating because obviously Metal McClay, you're a teenager when you're doing this. Right. And they talked a lot about, you know, to have that thought that they did when they were teenagers uh, says a lot about the training they had. You know, yes. at that time, because you know, setting goals and doing all of that stuff, it's not something I was real good at when I was 16. So, I mean, yeah. when I was showing at 16, I just wanted to get in and out of the ring as fast as I could. That was my goal. <laughs> okay. Like, that was <laughs> as not far die. planning I was. I mean, I was a teenager. Yeah. I wasn't going to die. You bounce back then. It's That's fine. True. That's true. You just didn't want to embarrass yourself. That was the big it thing. It was, yes, yes. The ego was, I was more right. worried about the ego than my body for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called the Show Jumping Podcast. The first episode is out now. There'll be two a month. Uh, and uh, so far, the focus group has really liked it. So it, we, we haven't gotten any negatives on it. 
I hope that uh, I hope you all like it too. Give it a shot. And a lot of people have been listening to it at Art Show Jumpers, and they actually went out and did this the exercise, even though they weren't show jumpers, uh, and they found it very helpful. So you know, it is something that you can listen to that way. And you know, just her talk with the sister. I edited this one, uh, so her just her talk with the sister was was good too. You know, it was it was very informative. Even I don't care who you are or what you're doing. You know, exactly. It, was, it yeah. doesn't even have to be horse based. You know, I mean, it was really just so inspirational um, to hear them both discuss. Well, and let's face it, her sister's a smarty pants, way smarter than any of us anyway. <laughs> yeah. What kind of rock doctor was she? Yeah, I mean, she my God. She, she was she had like uh, multiple degrees. <laughs> so, I, earthquake scientist, doctor. Yes. She, wow. I, y'all better know I did not open my mouth too much in that interview because I was mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I did want to mention uh, one story before we get to our first guest and that is that um, we always congratulate every year the PATH which is the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International Equine of the Year Award this year it was a horse named Noble he's a 33 year old Percheron cross of course I like that because I'm Bertrand's. And he has been at the Meadows Equine Learning Center in West Tisbury, which is on Martha's Vineyard, by the way, in Massachusetts. Oh, that sounds terrible. He's been a therapeutic horse for 12 years and been a member of the Misty Meadows Equine Learning Center for the last six years. He's worked with clients across a wide range of skills and abilities. Bertrand's are perfect for this. I know they're big, but but they're so gentle. Um, And, you know, one of uh, his nominees said, I first met Noble about 15 years ago when I started as a volunteer. He made an he made an instant believer in horses. Incredible impact on people, no matter who they are. All creatures are good, but he has an undefinable quality that draws people to him. So apparently he's quite the guy, and we love when these therapy horses are recognized every year. So congratulations to Noble and to Misty Meadows Equine Learning Center in Martha's Vineyard. I went to Martha's Vineyard once. We lived in Massachusetts a couple times, and I went once on a day Jennifer was working, and I took the ferry over and all that stuff poured all day but did it really it poured so we got off the thing it was no doing anything really i got off the boat and i i found a taxi and i said i'll pay you like whatever you want take me on a tour of the island because i didn't want to get out of the car it was pouring yeah. so hard and he did for the next two hours took me on a tour of the island paid him like 70 bucks and uh and then i got back in the ferry and left <laughs> that's what i saw it's Martha. all about your attitude you know it really is <laughs> well i had paid all the money to get there and driven all the hours to get there it was like i'm doing something on this island <laughs> Island. So. One way or another. <laughs> Coming up first, we have Ann Hawkins, who has a brand new app out there called LiveEq. It's spelled Live L I V E E Q. And she's going to tell us what that's all about. Well, hi, Ann. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Glenn. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell us about this app you have. It, I call it Live EQ. You call it LiveEq, right? You know, we answer to both. I've heard it all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I started it. I started calling it LiveEq, but, you know, we'll go with LiveEQ also. But, um, yeah, LiveEq is a free mobile app for equestrians to find horses, stables, jobs, events, trainers. And uh, we've just launched service providers on the app, actually, in any location they're looking in. Uh, so we have advanced filtering on each category so people can quickly find things that fit their price range or their riding discipline. And we even have filters on stables for amenities, for example, so that users can view barns that have like indoor bathrooms and things like that. So 
uh, it's really a way for people to quickly and easily find what they're looking for. Through the app, we have direct messaging as well so that users can have a conversation before deciding to like give out their cell phone number, which I know is a big problem for horse sellers, you know, the spam calls and things like that. So we just try to give everyone a safe area to find what they need and and get riding. Um, the idea for LiveAct came from my own personal experience when I was in my early 20s. This was before remote work was a thing. <laughs> I moved around a lot for work. And every time I would get to a new city, I felt like I couldn't find a place to ride. And then even when I did eventually find a horse in a stable setup, it was hard to know and select things like local shows or, you know, new farriers and, and stuff like that. So that's where the, the idea came from. And that's what we're doing right now. That is one of the hardest problems is, is when you have a horse, even, you know, we went from keeping the horses at home to having to find a boarding stable. And, and we've lived here for a lot of years. And it was still not easy. You know, it's still tough. And you're right. If you lose your farrier, your farrier quits or uh, you, and you need a new one. It's always tough, right, to do all of these. Having horses is not easy to begin with. So I love the fact that you're trying to make it easier for those of us that are crazy enough to still do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the horse world, well, in my opinion, <laughs> desperately needed something like this, because it is so easy to feel like you're on the outside of the equestrian world, even like you mentioned, you're you're in it, you know, people already and still there's moments where you feel like you're on the outside. You know, this world and community has long lived on who knows who and word of mouth, which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, I think there's definitely a place for that, right? But if you're new and and you're wanting in, for example, and you don't know anyone, it's kind of paralyzing. You know, there's there's nowhere to begin. So I wanted to create something that not just opens the doors to the horse world, but like actively pulls people into it. Something that makes people feel like they belong here. How long has the app been around? Oh, yeah, we launched uh, pretty publicly about a year and a half ago. Uh, we were in development for about a year and a half before that. So we're still pretty new. And how, what's the adoption from the professionals been like? It's been really great. I will say, so we're discipline agnostic. We go across all riding disciplines. Uh, from the professionals, I've gotten a lot of great feedback around them being able to get things done for their business. So we have obviously stable listings, job listings, all of that is free as well, horse selling. And the jobs has been a really big part from the professional standpoint. There's been a gap up until recently of just an easy place to go and find like grooms or uh, working students and and stuff and to, you know, view resumes and, <laughs> and do all of that. So that's been a, a big point of adoption from the professional standpoint, as well as people like starting their stables and looking to build their barn family and just having a one place to go build a profile. It's easy. It's beautiful. You know, people can find you. So when I go look, let's, let's take boarding stables, for instance, when I go look at a listing, what's it going to show me? It's going to show you first and foremost pictures. That is a big part of all of us making decisions is visual examples. <laughs> so focus a lot on, on the pictures. Right below that, you're going to start seeing location, obviously very important, and then price range right below that. So this is, again, when we're, we're really talking to the everyday horseback rider here, this is what this app is for. Price is really important for us. <laughs> we need to know how much board costs. We need to know how much lessons cost before we're even going to message the staple well, and be like, yeah, hey, just you have availability. I hate when they do that. Even in, you know, Facebook Marketplace or wherever, it used to be Craigslist, right? They would li yeah. list their stables and then they wouldn't tell the price. It wastes everybody's time by not putting the price there. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, on, on both angles from the barn manager's perspective, you got to get those soils filled, right? You're doing barn tours all day of people that can't afford your stable. You're trying to build something elite and exquisite, right? Or the other side, you know, you're really there for the everyday rider that only has, you know, 700 or $600 a month for board or something like that. You want to make sure you're talking to the right people. So, um, yeah, we focus a lot on price, making sure that that's accurate and up to date. And then the amenities is a big thing as well on, you know, for example, a stable listing. So if you have a horse, uh, I grew up riding thoroughbreds, so they needed a lot of turnout (laughs) and some of them needed an individual turnout because they just could not handle (laughs) being with other horses. So there are things like that, that come into play. You want to know before you even get to the barn tour, like, is this going to fit my horse? Is this going to fit my price range? Do they have air conditioning, (laughs) you know, stuff like that? Like if there's things that are unique to you, everybody has those criteria. So we want to make sure they can find it. And is this available worldwide just in the States? We have international listeners. So I want to make sure that we're clear on where, where, uh, live EC is available. I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah. We get so many requests to open up in new countries right now. We're in the United States only, uh, it is a regional growth plan. So we want to make sure that it's, you know, it's useful to people. (laughs) So right now it's in the U S we are about to open up in Canada though. Very excited about that. And then, uh, we will get to the EU after that, probably beginning next year. So it is free, uh, at this point, it's free for everybody for, for the users. I mean, Yes, it is completely free for users, yeah. So now tell me again, let's uh, wrap up here with just a list of the things I'll find. Boarding stables, what other other professionals on there? Yeah, boarding stables, um, the jobs, again, are a really big one. Uh, Service providers, we just opened. So under the service providers, you'll find things like equine dentists, bodywork specialists, saddle fitters. Um, you know, chiropractors, farriers are a big one there. And then, of course, we do have a pretty robust like horse sales, horse lease uh, section uh, that has really great advanced filtering there so that you can find horses that fit your criteria. And then events is a big one as well. So that's a good spot for local shows to post. You know, I've seen a lot of great shows that are offering like A-rated experiences on a great budget. That's a great place to get the word out about that. So Uh, Pretty well-rounded, hopefully, user experience for equestrians. All right. How do they get it? They can download it on the Apple Store or on the Google Play Store. Just look for Live EQ. It's Live EQ. Or you can also go to liveeq.com and uh, just click on one of the buttons there. This has been long needed. It's kind of it's kind of like the yellow pages for the horse world, right? These, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, this has been long overdue. I mean, it's been a problem for for years and years and years, and I, I just think it's great that you're taking the time and energy. You know, putting an app together and getting people involved in it's not easy, and is a long involved process. So I know what you're going through, and the fact that you've stuck with it and you're making it work. Good on you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we're really here for, again, like the everyday rider, you know, those people whose passion for swinging their leg over the saddle is stronger than the anxiety we all have about it. Right. Uh, So (laughs) I think we owe it to ourselves as a strong group of hardworking, passionate people to make it easier to find what we're looking for and to really feel at home here. So that's what I'm here to build. And that's why Liveback is here. And also, we have a lot of professionals that listen to this show. If you're a professional not in the app yet, how do they get involved in the app? 
Same thing. So just download on the app store. When you're creating your account, it's going to ask you uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, so it'll be kind of guide you through the, the flow of setting that up. And then you can go ahead and just hit new, start listing your stable, start listing your horse and uh, start getting business done. And if you are a user and your barn is not involved, your farrier is not involved, and they're looking for new clients or, you know, want to be involved in it, then encourage them to do it too. You know, that's that's how these things work. We need a place. So the more you guys are involved in helping build the thing out from users to professionals, the, the you know, it'll be around forever and it'll become it. it it is becoming, uh, but it will be. It'll be there for you in the future when you need it. But we all have to work together and make sure that happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a social thing for sure. <laughs> well, Anne, thank you for putting the time and energy into it. I know I know what's been involved in it uh, because I've done it before. So uh, good for you, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let us know about it. It's live EQ. You can find that. Uh, it's all one word: live L I V E E Q. You can find that. I looked in the app store; it popped up right at the top. You can download it right there. Thanks, Anne. It's free. Why not? At this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. absolutely. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thanks, Anne. Well, I did want to mention Stateline, their sponsor for this episode, and Stateline Tech. Obviously, a bunch of you bought a bunch of stuff from them at uh, Equine Affair last weekend. I know a lot of you shopped. Uh, but they are also our title sponsor for Radiothon this year. And I just want to take this opportunity to thank them. This is their sixth year doing it with us. Um, and we're grateful that they have supported it. Wouldn't be here without them. They are our main sponsor and our title sponsor. And we'll have some good news about savings coming up here next week. So we just wanted to thank them. For all of your holiday shopping needs, go to statelinetech.com. The Horse Health Report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And coming up, we have Christy, Dr. Christy Gran, and she's going to talk about a horse by the name of Martin who got West Nile virus and what all happened with that. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining us today. Now, before we get started, I want to know, where are you located? So we are in uh, Columbia City, Indiana, which is just west of Fort Wayne, so northeast corner of Indiana. Smack dab in the middle of the, of the country. We love Absolutely. to see it. We yep. love it. <laughs> so I found this story about Martin on Facebook. It had a lot of traction. And to get us started, what were some of the symptoms that uh, owners had reported of Martin acting strange that led them to contact uh, your clinic? So he um, actually was just acting weird. He had already been seen by his regular veterinarian for what they assumed was a colic because he was kind of punky, wasn't eating really well. Um, and then when she was there to work him up on the assumption that it was a colic situation, noticed that um, he was kind of stumbling around, acted like he didn't really know um, what was going on uh, and that kind of thing. And so she sent him in to us just for kind of further evaluation, but it really, he was kind of an unusual case in the sense that he didn't necessarily show up initially neurologic. Um, he was more of a just not quite right uh, horse. And so from the time uh, the their original vet saw him to when he came to you, how long was that period? And then how, how did you, how did you kind of figure out that it wasn't a colic? So he 
it was probably only about two, two and a half hours or so. They shipped him straight over um, from Ohio. So it was really just a matter of the drive. And by the time he got here, it was honestly the way that he backed off the trailer um, did not look like the severity of colic that was being reported. Um, he um, showed up sitting down on his butt on the trailer and had a lot of trouble rising again to back up. And then once he got off, he was just super stimulated, really jumpy, uh, more so than a young horse in a new place. Um, you know, every noise, every touch mm. um, was, you know, set him flying just because he was super reactive. Um, but most, I mean, I think we had pretty much figured it out by the time he made it off the trailer into the building. And I think a lot had changed since when he got on the trailer. And that's really what clued us in. I see. So, so you saw him sitting there, poor Martin. And I know. Maybe this is, is West Nile. What, tell me about treatment. So, so what is the treatment for West Nile? So West Nile is a virus and like any virus, there's not a lot of specific treatments that we can do. So with bacterial things, we have antibiotics and they target the organism and kill it off with viruses we really are left, especially on the horse side, with um, supportive care while the body lets the virus work itself out. And with West Nile, a lot of it is swelling within the spinal cord and within the brain. Um, And so we throw a lot of anti-inflammatory drugs at them, um, vitamins that support the nervous system and help it, you know, not get permanently damaged. Um, and then all of the the things that he couldn't do for himself, so eating and drinking and standing and and all of that. So the frustrating part about most viruses is that there isn't, you know, a silver bullet. There's um, a whole bunch of random things that we can try, and a lot of times they work great, and in some cases they don't. Um, we hit him hard with pretty much everything right off the bat, and I think that's probably what helped the most was the quickness on the owner's part and the quickness on the um, other vets part as far as getting them here and getting things started. And with other horses that you've treated with West Nile virus at, at this severity, if, if we can call it that, what do, you, yeah. what do you see as the survival rate typically? So with West Nile, my typical statement to owners is if they stay standing, we still have a chance. Um, and most horses with West Nile, if they stay standing, we say 60 to 65% of them will do fine and will recover without any long-term problems. The majority of horses that end up down that can't get back up on their own, those are the ones that end up um, either dying or euthanasia, um, unfortunately. And admittedly, a lot of people won't go to the extent of trying as hard as these guys did with him. Um, as far as a sling and, you know, aggressive supportive care and that kind of thing. But even with that, you know, he, he's the one in a million, you know, he, Mm. he's not the, if everybody that had a down horse brought him in and we, you know, used the sling and did all of the things we still wouldn't be able to save all of them. Um, but yeah, usually, usually once they're down, the prognosis is pretty poor, uh, which is what makes him pretty special. How is he? He's doing great. Um, he, I saw some pictures a couple days ago, um, and he's out being a we or not a weanling. He's a a yearling at this point, but um, he is running around with his friends, eating well, 
Um, he's doing, he's doing really, really well. So we're really happy. The owners are thrilled. Um, so hopefully we look forward to hearing from them once he gets older and under saddle and starts working, uh, we'll be excited to see how he does. How can I, Ashley, let me ask a question here. How, how important it is it for you as a vet? We hear, we've been talking a lot about the vet shortage and the problems with the, in the, in the, especially equine vet world, right? Yep. How important it is, is it for you to have these wins? psychologically and mentally for you? So mentally awesome. Um, you know, we have a lot of horses that unfortunately it's either too late by the time we see them or it's something that just can't be fixed. Um, and unfortunately that's the reality of medicine on the horse side and the human side too. So having these wins is great. Um, it really is, um, awesome for the whole team as far as, you know, we finally put a bunch of work in and it worked really well and it was a really sweet owners and really sweet horse. Um, and the whole picture worked out really well and it does make us feel really good. Um, and helps us. These are the cases that make us try really hard on every single case. Um, cause eventually you'll get a good win even on the really hard cases. Yeah. And you know, who doesn't love a happy ending? I know. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we're big here on vaccinating and uh, spaying and neutering here on Horses in yep. the Morning. So I would love for you to to tell us who should be vaccinating their horses for West Nile virus and when. Okay, that's a great question. And um, I know you guys are nationwide, um, so it might differ on where your listeners are located. Um, here in Northeastern Indiana, we recommend everybody be vaccinated. So West Nile is transmitted by mosquitoes. So if you even, you know, if you're not going to a show or to a trail ride or leaving the property, your horses still need vaccinated um, unless you somehow live in the one spot in the world that doesn't have mosquitoes. <laughs> um, here in our area, we are prevalent enough and it does not, believe it or not, get cold enough in the winter to kill the life cycle. So we recommend twice a year vaccines. So spring and fall. Um, I know down South, I would very strongly recommend twice a year. And in new England where I was practicing there for a little bit, we also did twice a year. Um, but other areas of the country, I don't know that I can speak to the twice a year part of things, but absolutely at least once a year. Sure. And then uh, as you've mentioned, this poor pony, he he's just a yearling. So what's the youngest age that we can vaccinate our, our horses for West Nile virus? So you can start as early as four to five months. Um, a lot depends on whether the mom was vaccinated before sure. they um, gave birth. So our typical recommendation is that they are vaccinated. The mares are vaccinated about 30 days before they're due. And then we start vaccinating babies at about four months. And that's in our area. Um, so we vaccinate at four months, booster them at five, and then specific to West Nile, do every six months beyond that. Um, but yeah, you can start really early. Um, and these guys have a good vaccine program. Life happened on this farm. And that happens for all of us. Um, they did not deliberately overlook him. It just, life happened. And he sure. didn't get vaccinated. And um, we've, they had a good vaccine program and we've reiterated the good vaccine program. So they are set to move forward as well. I just, I just don't want anyone thinking that they 
didn't absolutely deliberately didn't vaccinate him. Right. So. Uh, you know, I, I got to ask this question. So obviously, we all know a lot about vaccines now after the last couple of years, more than we ever yep. wanted to, right? Yeah. And yep. vaccines have kind of gotten a negative, almost a negative connotation in some cases. So, yep. so the question is, if they get if they get the the vaccine, do do they still like with like you know like with COVID? Do they still yeah. get sick, just not as sick, or do they not get sick at all? So West Nile is one of the vaccines we have for horses that is very, very, very effective. The majority of horses that I've seen with West Nile are unvaccinated or have let their vaccines lapse. So it's been multiple years or they didn't get that second booster. Um, so the this vaccine is one that is amazingly helpful the reports, although I don't know that I've ever seen one, the reports are that if they do contract the disease, um, it would be almost to the point where you probably wouldn't even notice even it. Notice like it, it might yeah. just be a little bit of facial twitching or something like that. But um, for the most part, this is one of the vaccines that is very, very effective. They shouldn't get it at all. Um and it's also very safe, too. So I haven't seen, you know, they get the normal every once in a while, a, a bump on the neck or a stiff neck or a little bit of a fever, just like people do when they get shots. But um, it's a very safe vaccine to give as well. You know, what's funny is I would have never thought to ask that question three years ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. It wouldn't even have been on my brain. Where yeah. are you located? What's the name of the uh, clinic? And uh, do you know the website address? Yep. So we are Conley and Koontz Equine Hospital in Columbia City, Indiana. And our website is uh, ckequinehospital.com. You can enjoy your favorite equine videos all in one place with Ride TV, the ultimate equine streaming platform. The newly relaunched Ride TV has all the series you love, like Cowgirls and Ridiculous Ranches, plus top-tier training videos and event footage from BailRacing.com and Horse and Rider On Demand. Whether you're ready to relax with your favorite series, binge watch competition footage, or train with a world champion, subscribe to Ride TV today for only $19.99 to see where your ride takes you. Visit RideTVGo.tv to subscribe. What a fun guest she was. You can definitely have her back. She was terrific. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> she was terrific. I learned a lot. And uh, thankfully, uh, old Marvin is with us today and uh, doing well. Young Marvin, actually. <laughs> By the way, I haven't heard a horse named Marvin in a long time. That was so I don't funny. think I've even met a person named Marvin ever. It's like Glenn, you know. Nobody names their kids Glenn anymore. That was, That's a name from when I was born, you know. Oh. Uh, but nobody names their kid Glenn anymore. And it's Marvin's the same way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so auditors, I know we have a, a few pregnant ones out there. <laughs> you might make Glennie's day. Or if I'm you know saying. a Marvin, let us know. I just don't know any. I, I mean, Glenn could be a great middle name, guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I have a I have a hat for anybody that adds Glenn to a name of their new kid. I've, there you <laughs> go. Maybe we'll throw in a box of crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a recipe. Uh, it is the holidays. We try and do as many recipes as we can uh, around the holidays. And I know a lot of you actually go out and try them. So uh, we will put the recipe in the show notes. You don't have to write all this down right now. Just scroll on your phone there, left or right or up or down, depending on your app, and you'll see the recipe right in there. And we're going to do another one for the auditors in the post show, too. But this is Ashley's recipe, so tell us about it. Yeah, so this one is, you guys, it's so easy. It is always a crowd pleaser. Um, just don't tell my sister-in-law because I did steal it from her. 
Uh, and I don't want to give her any credit. Nobody has so. original recipes. We all steal them. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you only need three things to make this recipe. A tube of the, the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls or, oh, you know, store so brand, whatever. Oh, they're fluffy. so good yeah. and buttery. And, and then you can get a jam of whatever flavor, strawberry, blackberry, uh, apricot, whatever you have lying around. And then a, a little round uh, wheel of brie cheese and that's the the soft melty inside with the kind of bitter white outside cheese um and then whatever you're going to serve with it now what i like to do is cut that circle into a square and then i you wrap that the brie in the crescent roll and so by cutting it into a square i actually use the remaining crescent roll dough to dress it up into a gift so while it cooks I put a so I just okay. Cut let's it. back up a little. So okay. I take the crescent roll package, and they come out. They don't come out in triangles, do they? They come out. Um, it's like one sheet. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So you don't want to yeah. split them up into the triangles. You're gonna really you're gonna just plop the brie right in the middle, wrap it, and then don't throw away those leftovers because this is where you can get creative and you can add. You make little designs out of the leftover crescent. So I like make a little bow and some ribbon out of it and you throw it in. So are you making one big one or little ones? I do. um, It's like maybe the size of your hand. So there's a a little six ouncer. You can make how many out of one crescent? It's one. One. Okay. Yes. Yep. So, but it's very rich. um, Trust me. And it goes so fast. You don't. You, if you eat more than one, you won't you won't love yourself. So just trust me when I say you only want. So you one. cut it, slice it up when it's done. Then <laughs> yes, okay. and so it's all right. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm sorry, I got ahead. It's okay. So then you know you bring it out of the oven. All right, I, I got my crescent roll on the table. Yep. I put the brie in. Yeah. Uh, and I put I, some I, jam in there. Jam in there before okay. we wrap it up. Okay. So we put it in the oven. It comes out crusty, golden, mmm, so smelling good. We cut into it. It melty goos everywhere. And you can serve that with a baguette, with some crackers, with apple slices, whatever. And it is the most delicious, like sweet, salty appetizer you can have. I always get compliments on this. It's the star of a charcuterie board, for example. And and I like it because you can get creative with it. You know, you can have fun. You could make it into a heart. Uh, really, you can make it into any sh- shape you want. And if you have any sculpting skills, you can really go crazy. How many do you make when you bring it to like a party? Uh, so I usually bring one and then I'm, I keep one at home for myself. <laughs> there you go. Don't, don't tell idea. anybody, guys. <laughs> Smart idea. I like that idea. <laughs> I like this. It's so simple. It is. You can't really mess it up. And I'm telling you, it is delicious. It's bread and, and everybody brie. Everybody loves well, it. I mean. That's it. Yeah. Who, what else do you need? And, and some some uh, jelly. You're good to go. <laughs> yum, yum. I'm hungry now. I didn't I eat breakfast yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So tomorrow on the show will be dark, actually, because it's normally the Equine Affair episode, but they're still tired. (laughs) They just had Equine Affair last week. They'll be back in December. Uh, They're taking the month off, and I don't blame them. So uh, we'll be dark. And then on Friday, Ashley will be back with me. We'll do some really bad ads. We have some more guests for you. So we'll have a brand new show for you on Friday.
Don't forget to get your entries in. Just You can just go in to sign up. Just go to horseradionetwork.com slash radiothon, and you can sign up to win the over $4,000 in prizes and see all the stuff going on on the page there. It tells you who the guests are, what hours are what, and all the details. So definitely check that out. And coming up in the post show, we have one of our terrific auditors coming on to give us another recipe. And this one, of course, involves alcohol. That'll be happening in just a minute. Thanks, Ashley, for filling in. Appreciate it. Anytime. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. You're a natural at this, Ashley. Good job. I Listen... I can talk about horses all day. <laughs> so, auditors, uh, you may not know, Ashley has done podcasts in the past, but never a horse one, right? No, I couldn't. I couldn't trick anyone to pay me to do this till now. <laughs> so, <true>. finally, finally, <laughs> I got some chump. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you're doing a great job. So, thank oh, you for thanks, for filling in today. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for helping so much with the radio song stuff. It's taken half the work off my plate, uh, which which, you know, is going to keep me sane this year. So I do appreciate it. I cannot, when, I, when I'm doing this, so what you have to do is everything, uh, you know, from the advertisements to the graphics to everything that we need to do now, this video, you have to do six times. Yeah. So you're, everything you do, you have to do over and over and over again because there's six different hours. And I cannot, I don't know. I told Jennifer this morning, I said, I don't know how I did 12 hours. I, I, I don't know how I did it because we didn't I, have you back then. It was her I and I. Just, you must have just blacked out and and done the best. I mean, I don't know how you could do 12 hours either, G. Like, I would be so dead. Well, we were dead before we started. And then pretty much it was just five-hour energy drinks that kept us going oh all day. So, I mean, by the time we started, we would get up. And, and uh, in the early days of Radiothon, Dr. Wendy was helping out. She was mm. in your role. And she would come up, she would come up to the farm. And uh-huh. uh, she would be there in person with us. And she'd stay overnight. Well, she'd get in at like 11 o'clock. And then we were getting up at 5 to get ready because we started at 9. Oh, my gosh. So we were all pretty dead in the morning. And then we did have, we probably will this time, too. We had guests that would stop in during the day at the studio and say hi. So we're hoping that uh, some of, we get some people that come on over and say hi. We, it's always fun when we have walk-ins. Uh, but yeah, so it, I don't know how I did 12 hours. It wasn't yeah. video, but still everything had to be prepared, all the sound, all that stuff. And not to mention like any normal human, this is also leading up to the holidays for you too. Yeah, we don't, we pretty much don't, you know, fortunately or unfortunately for us, Thanksgiving, we go to my brother's cause he's the only relative nearby. So there's not much prep. And we learned years ago to just go to Cracker Barrel and get the Thanksgiving meal and bring yeah. it over. We don't cook yeah. it. It's great. We just heat it up. <laughs> I love that. And it might be cheating, but you know what? Tastes oh. just as good as what I make. So <laughs> listen, it's not cheating. It's work smart, not hard. That's right. You know, and then, you know, we're right back at it the next day, but, um, it's, uh, 
it's definitely easier doing six hours. And I'm very excited this year to do video. I'm, I'm really excited to see how that goes. We hope it works. We hope we don't lose our internet. Poor Lisa, this is the auditor, so I can say this. She was going to record a Celebs with Horses last week. You're doing it this afternoon with her. Uh, she got on with the celebrity who's Garth Brooks' daughter, got on, the daughter was on, the, the, the guest was on, Jennifer was on to record it, and Lisa's power went out. Knocked her internet out and her power out for hours, and we had to postpone it and had to tell the guest. So oh, she I mean, had just, just connected when the power went out. That just takes me back to my first horses in the morning when my router exploded. Yep. You know, you just you can't make this stuff up, guys. No, no. The podcasting world really is the wild west. <laughs> nope we we our second or third radiothon we start at nine o'clock and and our power went out at nine o five. And it went out for like 10, 15 minutes, but it put us behind schedule and we had to just cut things because you can't be behind schedule. The no. new hosts come in at the top of the hour. You have to be on time and there's no, you have to just cut things. So we just cut a lot of Jamie and I's first hour. We just cut out um, and you had to do that on the fly. I'd, we had to do that on the fly while trying to fix everything and get us back on the air. Yeah. You know, me. I, I'm just kind of glad I wasn't there for that one because I would have been <laughs> having a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> and of course it happened like five minutes in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it's always the way, but we've had it all. We've had it all over the years. That's for sure. When we used to do the show live, we had everything happen. Um, I'm glad we don't do it live anymore, actually. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's call Terry, our auditor, and find out about bourbon sweet potatoes. Hey, Terry, thanks for doing this. Hey, it's fine. Great. How Love long, or where do you live? Let's start there. Uh, I live in Oneonta, New York, which is out in the middle of nowhere between Cooperstown, Saratoga, Finger Lakes. Oh, it's that pretty area up there, though. Very yes, pretty. Yes, kind of yeah. like Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very pretty up there. Do you have horses? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> what, what, how many? Uh, well, uh, we don't count them. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said how many, I knew that was the answer. That's kind of yes, why I did it. <laughs> okay, I, I'm officially a hoarder. Okay, <laughs> I'm officially a hoarder. Yep, I'm just gonna go with that. Okay. <laughs> do you have a? Uh, do you ride? Would you trail ride? What do you do? Yes, I do. I've been riding. I've had horses. I'm an adult. I came into horses as an adult rider. Uh, I actually met um, some limited distance endurance riding people. Oh. So I'm a big fan of um, Karen Chatton. Yeah. I uh -huh. actually listened to yesterday's show and I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I'll just tell you a quick story that the 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 gentleman that she rode that 30 mile ride who now owns her horse. Yep. Actually, I rehomed a saddle to him about three months ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> small Such world. A small world, because <laughs> I saw that post on her Facebook page, and I'm like, is that Brett who bought my saddle? <laughs> it was just really funny. So that's my, she's been my inspiration a lot of the time. And um, just, I just, that's the kind of riding I've done. I was lucky to meet endurance people right off the bat, learn about holistic care of your horse. Um, and then great. I had to move, so I took up English riding of all different sorts, uh, hunters and eventing and everything that was just kind of fun to try. Um, never really went beyond the mediocre level, but it's a great time, and I just enjoy trail riding at this point. So that's, that's where I am. Pretty much the story of my life. 
uh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right. I had a big fall about two years ago and um, scared me off. And I actually tried to give up riding. No. And uh, last winter, I spent the winter in Florida pretending I wasn't a horse person. And it was probably the worst winter of my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just also got a new pony who's 14 hands with his shoes on. And I go, started closer to the ground. those virtual rides. And I know that Karen talked about that yesterday, well, too. So I'm definitely crazy. thinking about doing it with Scooter, the Tevis one. Um, you know, yes. th- we had the other yes. lady on who did the ones that are kind of open-ended. And Karen and I talked about it after the show. I, I, I need a goal. I need a, t- I need a yes. time. You know, I need a yes. stop time or I'm never going to do it. Yes. Do the Tevis one, and every time they send you the next uh, milestone, go out and find something. It's a ho- it's a hoot. Just stand on a rock and call it the rock, and stand on like de- a piece of dead wood and post it and call it dead wood. It's really fun, and the people are really welcoming. And it's a, just a really it's a cool thing to do. I started in during COVID when we couldn't go or do anything, um, so we were allowed to ride on our trails, and that's what we did. And then all those virtual rides came up. It, it really is a motivator. It'll keep you going. All yeah, right, do uh, it. You, do it you're, you're now do it in post. People will enjoy it. You're sealing <laughs> it for me now. Um, yeah, um, yeah. There you go. I ha- I expect you to participate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Appreciate that. So, yeah, tell us no about problem. your recipe. What you got? Okay. So, um, I was like, when you posted that, I happened to be on Facebook, and I was like, you know. I'm going to throw in that that alcohol one because it's it's alcohol time. <laughs> so I made um, so uh, my family who were a bunch of teenagers at that time uh, were coming for Thanksgiving and they're picky eaters and all they want is baked ziti. Uh, so I had a bunch of sweet potatoes, which coincidentally, this is a horsey thing because I'm giving my standard bread some uh, sweet potatoes for stomach. You know, oh, Doctor Wendy loves sweet potatoes for horses. I probably heard it from her first, you know, so sweet potatoes, really easy. You just cut them up and then you make this um, syrup or glaze with uh, brown sugar, butter and bourbon and you boil it. I I suppose you're supposed to boil the liquor off, but I don't. (laughs) I just boil it. And then uh, what there's another maple syrup because we're in maple syrup country. So those four ingredients, mix them together, boil it, make it like a little bit uh, glazy. And then you pour it over the sweet potatoes and you just bake them with all the rest of your we do it at Thanksgiving. And so all the rest of your turkey and all that stuff, it goes in in the last hour. Um, and it's real boozy smelling if you're a bourbon drinker. <laughs> so, so you're so. pouring the glaze over the potatoes. You cut them up. They're not cooked. You throw the whole yep. thing in to cook together. Yep, that's it. Gotcha. That's it. How long do they take? Um, about an hour, I'd say. God, you could put this over anything. <laughs> just look at this. The sauce-wise, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, you're supposed to boil. I mean, I boil. I just boil enough to mix together and then pour it on the sweet potatoes. I suppose if you like reduced it like an, a, to a glaze it would work over um like ice cream <laughs> or, <laughs> i know, was actually like that i was actually kind of thinking i wonder how it would work over steak because it's kind of ah. steaks earthy this kind of got a little bit of the sweet going and the alcohol because they make bourbon or you know whiskey glazes and bourbon glazes for steaks and beef too um it yes. might actually work Yes, I think so. I'm thinking of the the sweet potato one would be for the healthy eaters, the vegan eaters. Yeah, yeah. Like Jamie. Oh, we Jamie don't care about them. That's Jamie's yeah. job. I don't, yes, yeah, yes. We, okay. we don't we'll worry go about stay. them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Ashley yeah, isn't one of them yeah. either, by the way. Uh, she, oh, no. She, no. <laughs> no, we went out for steaks when she came here. So. <laughs> this is and great. We're going to put the whole recipe with all the measurements and everything in the show notes so people will have it. Now, the question okay. is, did those picky teenage eaters actually eat it? Yes, because they're like, oh, booze, and they weren't like allowed to drink at dinner. So they're like, we're going to eat the sweet potatoes. And so now every year they're like, they're young adults now. And they're like, are you going to make those sweet potatoes? So, so a wait a minute. I, I, what I'm hearing between between lines here yeah, is that so this is a parenting like hack to get your teens. Norm, it's fun. What I'm hearing here is that this is a parenting hack to get your teens to eat vegetables. Just Uh-oh. pour bourbon on them. Hello, are you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, sorry. Did I lose you? Nope, we're okay. we're still we're good. Ashley was just saying that this is a parenting hack to get people to, or your teens to eat vegetables. Well, exactly. I wanted them to eat something else besides the baked ziti and the piece of meat. So I said, I'm going to make these and tell them it's booze and they'll they'll eat it. So yeah, yeah. Try it on your teenage kids. <laughs> yeah. There we go. yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, thanks for yeah. joining us. We really appreciate it. Again, yeah. we'll put the uh, both of these recipes yeah. in the show notes so you can find them there. And we'll also, right. if you could do me a favor, uh, well, we'll we'll do it. Yeah. We have it written out. I don't know if there's a picture of this. Maybe I can find a picture, um, but we'll post it also in the auditor room. And maybe, Jemmy, you can, or Jemmy, maybe uh, Ashley, you can do the same. You can post it in the auditor room, your recipe. Absolutely. Uh, so, so that'd yes. be great so that we all have them for the holidays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Good deal. <clears throat> Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. Yep. Love the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. We have the best listeners ever. We really do. <laughs> they come on. We... They do things. Anytime we ask, they volunteer. Uh, you know, I love that. And I love the fact that they, the auditors are out there. It's it's the most supportive group of listeners I've I've seen. So Well, I you know, I loved this morning I saw one of our auditors ordered some of the knit uh the matching yes. horse and ear warmers and from our show, what was that last week or yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah, she got them already. It's so cool. I just love our I love our listeners. You guys are the best. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Ashley and I have to get back to planning for Radiothon, so we're going to do that now. Y'all have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Friday. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.